Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. One man, one microphone, one mission. One message. True News, the only newscast reporting the countdown to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And now for the most powerful hour on radio, here is End Time Newsman, Rick Wiles. This is True News, one hour of uncensored news, views, and commentary. Welcome to the program. I'm Rick Wiles. Today is Wednesday, April 8, 2015. Hey, a quick message to all of our listeners in Las Vegas, in Nevada. I will be there next week to attend the National Association of Broadcasters Convention. And we have reserved a meeting room at the Westgate Hotel next to the convention center uh, so I can meet and greet true news listeners in nevada so if you can get yourself to the westgate hotel next tuesday night at 7 p.m i'd love to meet you i'll uh, stay as long as possible and answer questions uh if possible please email us at info at truenews.com and let us know you're coming and how many people you expect to bring with you it's free and open to the public you can bring as many guests as you would like so again it's next tuesday night april 14 7 p.m Westgate Hotel, Las Vegas, Nevada. Greece made an announcement to its creditors last week, admitting that it will run out of money tomorrow. Athens told European leaders that it would pay government employees their wages and pensions, not the IMF, if it had to choose between the two. A 458 million euro loan payment is due tomorrow. The Financial Times, however, reported this morning that Greece scraped together enough loose change to make the IMF payment, but it will be flat broke by the end of April. A Greek official told the London paper, quote, next month is a different matter. We are going to run out of money unless reforms are legislated to make some bailout funds available, end of quote. Now, there is also speculation that Greece may turn to Russia and or China for a bailout which would give the Russians and the Chinese a financial and possible military foothold in Western Europe. Meanwhile, the big story that was not reported in the USA last month by the establishment news media was the testimony of Professor Lawrence Kotlikoff to the U.S. Senate Budget Committee. He told the hapless senators that Washington is insolvent. The Boston University economist, who's been a true news guest, Uh, Various times over the years told the Senate committee, quote, the first point I want to get across is that our nation is broke. Our nation's broke and is not broke in 75 years or 50 years or 25 years or 10 years. It's broke today. Indeed, it may well be in worse fiscal shape than any developed country, including Greece. End of quote. Now You try to find that story on the internet and uh, you're going to have to search pretty hard because google and and all of the search engines have made sure that story disappeared the two main overarching topics that this radio program has discussed for many years are the remaking of the global financial system and a world war that possibly could be fought in the last stage of the old system nobody follows these developments closer and has a broader understanding of these sweeping developments than my guest today, Jim Willie. He is the publisher of the Hat Trick Letter, 
You can subscribe at goldenjackass.com. In his previous life, before he went rogue, he was a statistical analyst, a quality control and sales forecasting professional. Now he rocks the world of the financial industry by telling the truth about what is really happening. Jim, good to have you back on True News. Oh, good to hear your voice again, Rick. It's uh, it's always fun to be on with, with hosts who have a really good grip on what's going on. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, Jim, you, you're probably the only guest I've had who accurately predicted the rise of the dollar. I've interviewed a lot of financial experts over the years, and all of them have talked about the crash of the dollar. But you always said... The dollar's not going to crash. It's going to disappear. What, what are the forces that are that's driving the dollar in 2015? The dismantling of the petrodollar derivative complex. Your big hint was early in 2009 when the oil price went down from about 110 to about 40. That wasn't from a two-thirds decline in demand. <laughs> It was from a fracturing post-layman of the derivative complex of contracts. Price is not determined by supply and demand. Hasn't been for years. It's it, that's a, like a uh, an, what's the word archaic element of economics textbooks. They don't talk about derivatives in, in textbooks. So you're seeing the dismantling of the petrodollar contracts. These are Forex contracts linking the oil price. They're all being dismantled. And when they're dismantled, they're being liquidated. And, and at the, the windows, if you, if you will, they have to come up with dollars to settle them and clear them out. So that's your artificial demand for the dollars. Kind of like in parallel, the artificial demand for treasury bonds. There's no real demand by investors for treasury bonds. So why are the interest rates for, say, the 10-year treasury down by, you know, one and a half, one point six percent 1.6%? It's, again, the derivatives, interest rate swap derivatives that are using the free money from 0%, converting them into demand for uh, long-term maturity uh, bonds. And the derivatives drive the market for oil. The derivatives drive the market for bonds. The derivative drives the market for dollars. This is the death event. I like to make a, a little metaphor. If the king dollar, if Uncle Sam, the king dollar, were lying flat on his back on stage dead and his entire chest cavity filled up with gas from the, the, the death process internally with all the, the, the bacteria let loose from, from being, from the, the whole immune system t being turned off. The bacteria gives off gas, the chest fills up with gas, and he floats. The king dollar is floating dead. It's rising. I've got a, I've got a visual image of this, Jim. Thank you. Well, it's going to be replaced because... The whole world is turning into RMB settlement, Chinese currency settlement on uh, trade. Even many, many U.S. companies to guarantee their retail chain import supply are being required by the Chinese firms to settle in RMB, have about a 400% increase in the last 8 or 10 months in U.S. companies using RMB to settle trade with Asian firms. So when the, the whole world starts to trade more uniformly and settle in RMB, the Chinese currency, renminbi, they're going to realize we don't need the treasury bonds and the treasury bills in our banking system. That's when they start to reject the U.S. companies that say, we want to buy your clothing, we want to buy your electronics, we want to buy your finished cars, we want to buy your components. And the foreign nations say, nope, nope, we don't want your dollar anymore. We don't want your treasury bills anymore. We want gold trade notes, letter of credit. That's where we're heading. Jim, you and I both know that the, the overwhelming majority of, of, the, of the general public, including leaders in corporations and government and so forth, are clueless about what is happening. 
But among the small number of people who are following these events, most of them are 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 paying attention to the day-to-day developments, and they're not looking at the big picture of what is taking place. Why, why are people having such a difficult time coming to grips with the reality of this breakdown? We're, we are living through a massive paradigm shift. Yes, we are. I think there are many reasons for this. I started examining this whole phenomenon about four years ago when I began to have rather intense, oh gosh, not shouting matches, but disagreements and arguments on the telephone with family members, brother, sister, father. Okay, we've all been there. And, and yeah, I think this is a very common thing for people who are gold advocates. I, I used the phrase back then, the dollar is toxic and the world needs to do something about it. The next thing you know, we, we have the toxic monetary policy of QE, unsterilized bond monetization covering the U.S. government deficits with paper just like Zimbabwe. So why why do the people have a hard time coming to grips? I, I think it comes in, in, in many answers. The, the answer comes in many forms. Most people, like, say, my older brother, who was Phi Beta Kappa, college degree in economics, he said to me a few years ago, well, Jim, the U.S. always comes back. The U.S. always gets out of the mess. The U.S. always finds a way. And I said, yeah, but but we're running out of countries to defraud. We're running out of countries to attack and declare war on. And he said, well... I don't, I don't know. We're, we're, we'll find a way. I said, we don't have our gold anymore. And he said, well, I don't follow gold. Okay, so many people don't follow gold, but they also live within a structure of psychological frameworks. My country's leaders are good. They work for our best interest. Wrong. Our bankers are good. They work toward capital investment, business formation, and the good of the nation for standard of living. Wrong. Our military is good. They defend our freedom. Wrong. These are all very big precepts that are being smashed. And I I first had a realization when it came to the swine flu. Well, it was an early realization, the swine flu. And I did more and more research, and I realized, oh, gosh, this thing is a a killer virus delivery system forced with vaccines. I looked at the gold situation, and I found that there was a a lot of vacating of Fort Knox. I I looked at Fannie Mae and the work by Catherine Fitz and found that there was $1.6 trillion of missing money. I looked at the Vietnam War, which I narrowly escaped and found, well, a big motive might have been to capture the Cambodian Triangle for heroin. I looked more closely at Vietnam and I found there was more tonnage of bombs outside Vietnam in Laos and Cambodia than inside Vietnam. And that reinforced my concept that maybe that was to capture the Cambodian Triangle of heroin. I looked at Yugoslavia and I found all kinds of motives there not to be in the war, but then suddenly we were in the war and tried to clear it up and a lot of the ethnic cleansing and oops, oops, looks like the U.S. captured the heroin trade there too. So, you know, the climax was 9-11 and honestly, I've got a new attitude and a way of describing it. People who don't see the inside job and the complete conspiracy with multiple parties for 9-11, both the Pentagon and the World Trade Center, are, are somewhere between morons or veterans who don't have a brain stem left wearing red, white, and blue jockey underwear, or, or boxers, I don't care. You know, I'm, I'm just sick of all of this. So people are, are seeing their psychological frameworks challenged. And I have a saying with my sister, well, you know, you've got your head in the sand and you just don't aren't willing to see it until your life savings, your seven figure IRA until that's forced into Treasury bond. They're not going to wake awaken even then, Rick. It's going to be oh no, 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 it's safe. They're special. 
treasury bonds. What is the, the current financial condition of Western banks? They're insolvent. They've been insolvent since Lehman. Even the United Nations Drug Task Force concluded that the U.S. and London banks would have been broken and, and busted and dissolved, declared bankruptcy if it weren't for narco money laundering. And since the 0% came in, I think 0% was not to stimulate the economy. It was to allow the banks to engage in carry trade. So the banks saw no more opportunity to, to have a bond issuance business. Didn't see much open sky for IPOs and secondary stock issuance. So they went straight to the casino and set up their carry trade to short the 0%, in other words, borrow free money, and invest in treasury bonds. So how did the treasury bond 10-year go from 4% down to under 2 It wasn't from investor interest. Wasn't from foreign creditors lapping up our toxic bonds, our third world government bonds. No, it was it was interest rate swap derivatives and bond carry trade, where they packed on thirty fold leverage on the bond futures contracts, worked the differential between the zero percent and the four percent on the long bond. Now it's between the zero percent. And the 2% or 1.7% or 1.6%, they're making money hand over fist just with the bond carry trade, lying through their teeth on what their derivative exposure is. So these, these banks in the West, I'm talking about Western Europe, uh, maybe not so much the Japanese banks, but maybe to some extent, yes. Western Europe, London, and New York banks, they're all broken. They're dependent on narco money. They're reliant heavily on, on derivative trade and the, the bond uh, carry trade. And, uh, you know, just you know, 10 or 15 years ago, they were very busy with the 0% leasing of gold. Lease gold, sell it into the market, and off the, on the other end, go long on the treasury bond, which was like 6% back then, 6.5%. So 0% off 6%, that's a nice, nice arbitrage profit. Pack on some leverage. So we've been involved for 20 years now in this carry trade nonsense, and we've run out of, of assets to destroy. I, I said 10 years ago, the last asset bubble will be the treasury bond. I said it as we're approaching the subprime bond. Uh, the subprime housing problem. Uh, people were telling me, clients were telling me, friends and colleagues were saying, Jim, you know, this is the last bubble. I, as the housing market breaks and the mortgage bonds break, this is it. I said, no, 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 no. They're all going to hunker down into the treasury bonds. We're going to go down the path of Japan, 0% interest and probably more, maybe QE and send this thing down to like 1% on the long bond. They said, oh, you're nuts. Okay, I'm nuts. Uh, Jim, I, th I think one reason that uh, people have trouble comprehending the scope and magnitude of what's happening is because uh, they've lived in an age of stability. Uh, overall, uh, you know, there's always uh, something going on in the world, but overall it's been an age of stability. But the study of history shows that there are times when the world is fairly stable, and then there, is, there are calamities, there's uh, upheaval, uh, revolutions, wars, and such. I mean, for example, I mean, here, you know, the United States, all right, I was born in the 50s. My family uh, goes back, uh, their history in the United States goes back almost 300 years uh, in this country, the early 1700s, you know, so... So my mindset is, okay, I grew up in, a, in the United States of America. This was a stable time, hundreds of years of stability. But if you go back and you look at, at um, you know, the fall of Rome, I mean, life was stable. If you were in, on the upswing of the Roman Empire, but if you were living at the time the Roman Empire collapsed, it, it was wild and chaotic. Um, you know, same thing you know, during the uh, Black Plague, the Papal Wars of Europe, and so forth. So, I have this, uh, I have this feeling that those people who survive this collapse, uh, this this financial collapse that's coming, and this uh, rise of a new uh, 
uh, world order. I, I believe that what they're going to say to each other is, do you remember how weird it got toward the end? It just got weird. Well, Rick, you know, I, I got to disagree. I okay. Look at the U.S. history and you've got the slavery century or two, the Revolutionary War with England, 1776, uh, and before that, the French and Indian War, the War of 1812, uh, the Spanish-American War, the Civil War, World War One, World War Two, Korean War, Vietnam War, Gulf War, Ukraine, Syria. No, the norm is war for the United States. The U.S. is the most war-mongering, war-torn nation in the world's history of mankind. Tranquility is the exception and I defy you to find 20-year period in the U.S. history where there was tranquility. Well, that's a good point. Um, and if you read General Smedley Butler's uh, uh, writings uh, from the 1930s, you know, he said, you know, I, you know, I, I, I led troops uh, into other nations on behalf of, of Wall Street. Um, but the, the point I'm trying to make, uh, uh, you know, okay, so I'll give you credit there. You know, a lot of wars, Jim. But, hey, you know, I left out a few. Yeah, you left out a few wars, okay. The Tampa uh, War and the crisis in 1980 with Iran. But, but do you understand what I'm saying about uh, about how it's so weird right now that people have checked out of reality. They're not even willing to, to discuss how weird things have become. Uh, th- their normalcy bias is is overriding uh, common sense. So let me ask you: if if what do you think? You know, say fifty to hundred years from now, what are what will historians write about this period? That the U.S. regime was the most corrupt in the history of mankind over a two thousand year period that it had a climax of defrauding at the trillion-dollar level, putting in prison people who stole hundreds and thousands of dollars, that the U.S. relied on war on a regular and frequent basis and used incredible hegemony and found itself isolated in the third world. That's what I think they're going to write. When it comes to perspective, I I point a finger at the, the literary world. And, you know, I, I'd like to be kind to my own family members, but my father's a literary expert. I had an argument with him about eight to ten years ago. I said, Dad, I don't live in a fiction world. And literature to me is a lot of fiction. He said, well, no, Jim, it, 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 it portrays good versus evil. And it gives hints on the future. And I said, well, if it gives hints on the future, how come you don't realize 1984 is now? How come you don't realize Brave New World is now? How come you don't even recognize your son as Henry David Thoreau on Walden's Pond? And did your dad get it? Silence. Uh, Jim, are, are, are we going to see bank bail-ins in 2015 or 16? If we do, it means the dollar is dead and to be replaced. I think it's a simultaneous event that will go alongside with gold suddenly going up hundreds of dollars every day. The bail-in was a threat not to foreclose on the big banks. Leave us alone or we will bail in and confiscate private accounts. The concept began in Cyprus, which was a, a bit of a false flag financial attack. Cyprus banks were the window to the Western banking system for the Russian banking system. Cyprus was the location for the Russians to convert treasury bonds to gold bullion. So we shut it down and put a false story of Balin's and take a look around you. I've been saying this now for a year. There are no Balin's. There are only threats of Balin's and legislation to do bail-ins, but there are no bail-ins. So I believe that if it happens, it, it means a dollar is to be replaced and gold is to be launched. Uh, Jim, some people, 
including some of my listeners, uh, are are interpreting this rise in in the dollar as a good sign. As hey, we're getting some some relief. Let, you know, we can we can take a breather here. You know. The, the collapse of the dollar has been postponed. Look at how the dollar is soaring. Why is that a dangerous view? Well, we're told by our morons in the U.S. government, like Jacob Liu, the Treasury Secretary moron. Notice that they just go down, down, down in stature. It was Hank Paulson, who was a pretty sharp fellow. Corrupt to the core, but sharp fellow. Um, Tim Geithner, a, a little moron. I uh, had nothing positive on his resume except Goldman Sachs pedigree. And now you got Japed Lou, and I, I defy anybody to tell me what a single resume item he has. So he told us that this is good for the economy. It's going to bring down energy costs. Well, if that's the case, why are gasoline sales going down in volume, not dollar amount, in gallons? So lower energy prices might be the only benefit, but it's not exactly someone that an employee, something that an employed, unemployed person can take advantage of. Oh, I don't have a job, but the gas prices went down. All right, well, maybe I'll only drive around the block board twice instead of eight times. The cost is phenomenal. The high cost, the, the pain. It comes in, say, your Midwestern machine shops suddenly finding that their foreign clients cut back on orders. Notice that the Dallas Fed had a huge decline in their economic activity, like almost all the other Fed economic reports. It's partly because the dollar's up and all the foreign clients are saying, we have to cut back, and they reduce their orders. Then it comes to foreigners buying stocks. They're not. They're selling it. And the New York banks and the Fed are the buyers. Then you come to the bonds. Who wants to buy a 1.5% treasury bond? Not foreigners. They're not buying either. And on top of the high principal value, they're seeing a high dollar translation. So they're not buying. So the stocks and bonds are pretty much the province of the New York banks and the central bank, the Fed. It's part of the isolation process, Rick. We don't have any foreign buyers. We're eliminating our foreign clients from e the economic trade, and we're going to find ourselves in the third world. As soon as we get rid of the dollar and replace it and then start devaluing it, because no one's going to want it. No one's going to want our dollar, and we're going to replace it with something they soon will not want either, because we are the serial liar on the global stage, we're going to claim that this new dollar, republic dollar, or I don't know what they're going to call it, treasury dollar, I don't know and I don't care. We're going to say that it's backed up with energy reserves and deep storage gold. And the energy reserves just got whacked in value in case nobody noticed the falling oil price. And the gold in the deep storage <laughs> accounting ledger item, uh, nowhere to be found. Well, it's very deep. you got to go down very deep in the earth to find it. Well, you got to go down next to Lucifer's CEO corner office. <laughs> Jim, um, after the 2008 uh, Lehman Brothers crash, I, I warned our audience that uh, pensions would be uh, one of the things that would fall. Quite frankly, I'm, I'm surprised that... They've kept the, the system propped up so long. But, but there's a new law, a new federal law that's in effect now called the Multi-Employer Pension Reform Act. And my understanding is that it allows a 60% reduction in pension benefits. So what, what, is the, what is the true accurate financial condition of American pensions? Well, it's interesting that they allowed it to drop to by, by 60% because that's pretty much equal to what the Pension Guarantee Benefit Corporation <laughs> would, would pay out. They pay out like 35% of the original amount. So we got a convergence of the, of the law 
with the insurance that they no longer can cover because that pension benefit guarantee fund is broke. Yeah, the, the, the guarantor of the pensions is also insolvent. Right, right. So what's happening here is the pension funds. You now, there are lots of different types of pension funds. You can have the IRA, which is, um, you know, individual. You have the 401k, which is in cooperation with your employer. And you've got these other managed pensions, like with a big corporation. The, the most famous is uh, TIAA-CREF, which used to be just for academia, like university professors. But I think about 15 years ago, or maybe a little far, farther back, it, it decided, well, let's expand into, say, research institutes and, and other institutes like that. So it's academia and institutes. All right, well, those are managed, and I think what they've been doing since ZIRP, the Zero Interest Rate, in, zero interest rate Policy, began in, in 2009, which I correctly forecast. As soon as Lehman hit, I said, we're going down to 0%, and we're going to do it rather quickly. Then I got into an interesting dispute with a, an, an, uh, an erudite and very accomplished German fellow, he said, no, the Europeans will not follow you down to 0%. I said, well, you will, but only after you experience some pain and see your euro go up to about 160. It went to 165, and they decided to join the 0%, and they've been with us ever since. So the 0% does two things that are deadly. It gives nothing to savers. So... You know, like my father, who's got a stack of, of CDs in banks. And I've asked him, Dad, what's your highest paying CD? And he said, Jim, believe it or not, we've, we've got one that's about 15 years old. It's still paying about 7%, but it's going to, uh, what do you call it, mature soon. And the banks have done something very nasty. This is an aside. They've forced some of the CD holders to redeem and, and renew with a lower rate. It's in the fine print, you know, that font three print on the contract. So the savers who have their their own individual, they're not pensions. It's, it's like, okay, I've got a pension, but I've also got $620,000 worth of, of CDs from my 38 years of working as a professional and blah, blah, blah company. Okay, that group has been harmed, but the pension funds... The managed funds, they don't have that interest, nor do the insurance companies. And that's why you're seeing insurance premiums rise now. You're going to see insurance costs go up while pension out, uh, payouts go down. And the, the pension funds have been doing something in, in a survival mode. They've been basically eating their nut, eating their capital, their core, because they don't have the income off the core. And they've been pleading to Congress to make it legal to reduce the payouts, which are basically just promises. I have one from my digital equipment corp days that's owned. It was bought by Compaq, which was bought by Hewlett Packard. I'm expecting them any day to tell me that your X per month payout is going to be cut in half. We're very sorry but we can therefore guarantee you, the good news is that we can therefore guarantee half of X. So the pension funds are in deep trouble, the insurance companies are in deep trouble. This is part of the enormous decline in money velocity as a result of zero percent. It's not stimulus. Well, it is for a corporation in the United States that wants to expand in their Malaysian center because they're not expanding in the U.S. There's no capital, big, big capital formation and expansion by U.S. corporations inside the United States. Take a look at some of the flagship leaders like IBM and Cisco. IBM announced a 100,000 person layoff. Cisco announced slash to their, their CapEx budgets. They're not, they're not acquiring companies anymore. They're not expanding foreign plants anymore. So... Jim, I'm, I want to I want to read one of your quotes uh, from your latest edition of the Hat Trick Letter, and Jim's 
uh, newsletter is uh, is at uh, goldenjackass.com. Uh, this one was uh, your latest edition came out in late March. You said a powerful disruptive event is coming very soon, not in several months, but rather in several weeks. Yeah, okay. Um, the disruption, I think, is going to come in the form of foreign entities who are bond and debt holders issuing orders. We've reneged. We've defaulted. My 2008 forecast of U.S. government debt default is not a wrong forecast. It's not even a pending forecast. It's a correct forecast. The proof is hidden. We've defaulted on old Chinese government debt and take a close look at the U.S. government deficit, the total debt, that that counter. It's been halted and stuck for three months or so. Why? Because I think we defaulted on our debt. And we're covering any new debt with just a flow of free money like Zimbabwe. Free money, printing press, cover our debt, just like the African third world nations. So the big events are going to be followed not just by creditors pulling the rug out, but showing up at the White House like they did a couple of days ago following the blackout that Langley did of Washington, D.C., who do you think? Who do you think did the blackout? I just said Langley. That's what I thought you said. I, 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 who does the bank hacking? Langley. Who does the virus work? Langley. Who does the foreign wars with mercenaries? Langley. Who does the narcotics work? Langley. Who funds the Wall Street banks with narcotics funds? Langley. What is the Pox Americana? Langley. So the other events that are going to come that are very disruptive don't have a timing involved. I, I, I said the next few months, to be sure, there'll be a lot. I think we're going to see in the next few months Europe turn their back on the United States, and particularly, in particular Germany. We, they're going to say, we don't want your sanctions anymore. We don't want your Ukraine war. This is, this is stupid. It's full of lies. If you're wondering why is Merkel continuing to pound out this propaganda theme, it's because part of her office, her loyalty oath, is to take orders from Washington. It's not to serve the German parliament and the people. It's a follow-up on the defeat in World War II, just like Japan. They follow the orders from Washington. The other things that are going to happen are going to be based in China. Shanghai has now, in addition to a very fast-growing free trade zone, which is extremely interesting to observe, they've taken control, wrestled it, wrestled control of the London gold fix, so now it's going to be the Shanghai gold fix. It's up to Shanghai and China now to determine how they want the price to move, because they're going to introduce very soon an RMB-priced gold futures contract that delivers gold. They promised in the near future to get a gold price that has some sense of equilibrium, balance, between the supply and the demand. There is none now. Like the oil, like LIBOR, like uh, currencies, like all the major markets, they're de determined by derivatives. Gold included. We, we've, we have corruptions with the LIBOR. There, there have been no court cases there. We have corruption with the, the gold market. There have been no court cases there. We have corruption with the oil market. There have been no court cases there. China is fed up with no justice and no remedy in all these fixed and rigged markets that they've decided to take control of the market, gold. Because all else will fall in line. The Chinese are going to do it on their timetable. I heard that it's going to happen after the Chinese New Year, February 19th. Okay, we have a lot of events after February 19th. We don't see a doubling in the gold price, but we do see an armada 
of nations climbing on the Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank, which I think can correctly be called the replacement for the World Bank and the IMF. Notice the function of the IMF in the last 20 years. Ten years ago, it, it, you know, originally it was for a lot of investment in, in foreign nations, but ten years ago it was more like, well, that's where we can conduct all the false gold stories, claim that India is selling gold when it's really just a ledger item on the Bank of England balance sheet. Okay, that was the deception then. Now what's the IMF role? Okay, the IMF is bartering, uh, brokering a deal to put aid in Kiev and keep them floating, or put aid into Greece and keep them floating. Then we learned that 90% of the money that went to Ukraine was stolen of the IMF funds. So what's the IMF's role in Ukraine? Slush fund, broker, channel. What's their role in Greece? Again, slush fund. You, you said at the beginning that Greece found some money to cover their debt payment in the last few days. My guess is it came under the table from the European banks through the IMF. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Now, what has Greece been doing as a result of being on the victim side of all this debt? They've been losing their prized assets. So Russia comes in and says, we'll offer you some, some purchases, some money for some assets. And with this cash, you can keep your debt going if that's what you choose to do. And I think what, what we're going to see is Russia's going to control the Bosporus Straits. They're going to set up some naval bases. China's going to buy up naval port, uh, sorry, commercial port facilities. China's going to buy maybe some entire Greek shipping industries. Greece is going to have some more money. Then suddenly the Turk streams can end up on the, the Turkish, border, Turkish border at Greece, for which Greece has all the specifications. And Greece is going to start making some income on transit fees for Gazprom supplying oil, I'm sorry, supplying natural gas to southern Europe. So we're going to see Russia firm up their Greece position militarily. The, the Black Sea requires the open straits of the Bosporus in Greece, passage through Turkish waters to get to the Mediterranean. I think the Russians are going to have a Cyprus military base and a Greece military base and control the Bosporus Straits and have a military base in Cuba, Marielle, while the Chinese have a military base in Nicaragua on both sides of this proposed canal that I think is going to take a long time to build. Uh, Jim, Russia recently proposed just a few days ago a BRICS parliament. Is this a replacement for the UN? Do you know what they're doing with this this parliamentary idea? <clears throat> Not really, but I, I think they want it to become sort of a United Nations, as you indicated before the show. Uh, I think it's going to be much deeper than that. I think they want this BRICS parliament to eventually become something like a Eurasian Union parliament. Now, I, I've been calling it the Eurasian trade zone. But now Putin of Russia is starting to call it the Eurasian Economic Union, the EEU. Okay, fine. I still like the Eurasian trade zone because that's what I started calling it uh, two years ago, and now it's coming into view. So if the BRICS want to set up a parliament, will that not kind of compete if, with, with the European Union parliament? If Germany and France and the Netherlands jump ship, I love that phrase, jump ship. I prefer the, the, the other term I've been using, flipping east. Um, the Germans have already flipped east. It's just a matter of showing itself. Now, you mentioned BRICS, and before you called it possibly a competitor, competitor to the United Nations. It might come as news to a lot of people, but there is under construction in China now an Asian location for the United Nations. They're sick of New York. They're sick. All right, this is, this is new to me, Jim. What are you talking about? A new United Nations located in China. What, what city? 
They're sick of New York rules. They're sick of Iranian diplomats being refused entry because they're from terrorist nations. Where is this uh, proposed UN uh, center going to be placed in China? Is it Beijing, Shanghai? Do you know? I don't know exactly. Well, they got a lot of empty cities. They got brand new cities that are empty. They could just choose one of those cities. Maybe one of the empty cities. I don't know. And it's very hard to get information on this. But I was told six months ago, decisions have already been made. The Chinese are fed up. Well, you put that together. You put that together with Russia calling this week for a BRICS parliament. I mean, this is starting to sound like a new League of Nations. Exactly. And take a close look at what's inside the United Nations and you see organizations that are involved in terrorism and murder for hire. And, and those are the Western nations. You know, <laughs> we weren't talking about the, 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 the you know, the rogue nations. Um, that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, There's more. Yes. The okay. SCO, the SCO, SCO, Shanghai Co-op Organization. Yes. It started as a security and cultural uh, consortium of nations, primarily Russia, former Soviet Union, China, etc. Iran was a, an observer for a while. Well, that's starting to grow. The BRICS alliance nations are not just the five. There are 140 nations. The SCO nations are growing. I think the SCO nations are going to become a competitor to NATO when the BRICS Parliament is a competitor to the United Nations. And then you've got the BRICS New Development Bank, which I think is going to become the BRICS Gold Central Bank, which will become a competitor to the Federal Reserve. So all these different Eastern consortiums and organizations are taking taking up form now and function. All right, now China is supposed to roll out its uh, international payment system this fall, September, October. What, what, what is the significance of this event? <clears throat> well, it means that the no more SWIFT bank sanctions. <laughs> we've abused every, everything we've controlled. We've abused the oil price, the Forex currencies. We've abused LIBOR. We've abused the banks with SWIFT. We've abused the, the, the nuclear proliferation treaties with the, the, the boards associated with them. We now have numerous nations coming forward saying Iran never had a nuclear weapons program, period. So we're, we're just being slammed in everything that we try to control and abuse. We've been abu- abusing nuclear weapons with micro nukes like in World Trade Center, with micro nukes being used in Syria and Ukraine. And now the whole world is objecting to all these things that we control and abuse with the boards and the consortiums and everything. Well, China decided. With Russia, let's make our own SWIFT. And this is not easy. It sounds easy. Well, you know, you got one bank, talk to another, and set it up. It's not easy. It's not easy. So the Chinese have their Chinese international payment system. It's going to be called CHIPS. The Russians have their own, and I think they're going to merge, and they're going to become the backbone of the BRICS trade system within the Eurasian trade zone. And it's not just that the CHIPS... Uh, swift competitor that Russia and China are going to be using and relying upon. It, it's more, but but before I get to the others, um, whoever does trade with China will be using their chips, competitor, their alternative to, to, to SWIFT. Watch the SWIFT volume go down as 150 nations that do commerce and trade with China begin to use their own Chinese SWIFT payment system for transactions. So, Russia has their own nations, the own list of nations that do, they do commerce and trade with. Russia is climbing under China's wing for the elements that China has expertise in. 
China is is climbing under the Russian wing for some of the extraordinary advantages that Russia has, such as radar jamming systems and weapons targeting jamming systems and missile systems that are one generation ahead of the Tomahawk crews, like Sunburn and Onyx. Anyone who thinks the U.S. has full-spectrum dominance like the heartless VP Dick Cheney claimed, you're clueless. That was 15 years ago. All right, the Chinese not just don't just have chips for the swift alternative for tr- bank transaction settlements. The Chinese have set up their own debt rating agencies called Dagong, and the Russians have one also. And watch them start to downgrade the U.S. government debt, the treasuries, and make it harder for all the nations that want to do trade with China to hold those treasuries in their banking systems. Because China's going to start writing the rules on what proper assets are. Not only that, but the Chinese have a union pay credit card that's bigger than MasterCard or Visa, but not bigger than MasterCard and Visa combined. And Russia has their own credit card system, and they're following the lead and letting union pay. I've seen some credit cards. I, got, I have some friends here who have a union card, and, and they use it. They they buy restaurant food, meals, they, they buy books, they buy, they use it like they do a MasterCard. It's recognized. There are 1.3 trillion people with a union pay credit card. You think that's critical mass? So the Chinese don't just have a CHIPS competitor to SWIFT, they have a Dagon competitor to S&P, Moody's and Fitch, which have also been abused. Since when does Russian government debt deserve a write-down when they've got reserve assets as collateral behind their debt, and we don't? Jim, um, we're down. We've got about uh, seven minutes remaining. For the, for the, most people listening to you right now, this is all new stuff. They've never heard any of these things. They had no idea this stuff was going on around them. How many years has? Russia and China and these other nations been working behind the scenes to put together to put together this alternative financial architecture. I think they began at 9/11. They accelerated at Lehman. They went high gear at zero interest rate policy and they're in overdrive with QE. They're in a national emergency mode right now ever since 2012 when QE was announced. Because what was QE? Look at China, look at Russia. Russia owned $160 billion in treasury debt. China owned at peak $1.3 trillion in treasury debt, almost 10 times as much as the Russians. Together they had a lot, a trillion and a half. What happens to foreign nations when they see QE come in. Uh Uh-oh, Zimbabwe in their New York branch is printing money to undermine our savings account. So they go into hyperdrive to get a replacement for the dollar, for SWIFT, for the IMF, for Moody's and Fitch and SNP, for MasterCard and Visa. Get rid of all these different platforms. I have a new saying. You cannot get rid of the dollar until you build a new platform to replace the platform on which the king dollar sits. And that platform involves the World Bank, IMF, SWIFT, Treasuries, Forex, LIBOR. So they're going to be replacing these these markets. I mean, I'm really looking forward to the day, Rick, when we see Comex announce they no longer sell or trade a gold contract in the futures market. Jim, is, is the realization of this going to come to the general public incrementally, or is this going to be a in-your-face single event? I'm going to be very blunt. When my smart brother couldn't gather what's going on, 
and asked me, well, Jim, if you think I should close my bank account, my stock account, and close everything down, what should I buy? And I said, John, you've got a Phi Beta Kappa in economics, you have a law degree, and you still don't know that gold is money. You were even on the law review, and you love constitutional law. What is wrong with your brain? Most Americans are clueless. I have a saying with my gal here, a Costa Rican woman. I say 90% of humanity is blockheaded stupid. Of the 10% remaining, 90% of them are just uninterested. Oh, if Lehman Brothers wasn't the wake-up call after 9-11, what was? These people cannot wake up. You ask for what's going to be the wake-up call? I'm of the opinion that they will never wake up. They're going to see a shock event with their pension funds, managed funds, personally, personal funds for pensions, you know, the IRA, 401k, KEOs. They're going to have a, another splash of water in their face, and they're going to be told that you've got a mandatory U.S. Treasury bond. And they're not going to wake up even then. They're going to say, well, this must be good. All right. We're, we've got uh, less than two minutes. Uh, weeks ago, Vlad Putin mysteriously disappeared. Uh, the news media told us he was uh, visiting his uh, mistress and they were having a love child. My my hunch is he was probably deep inside a mountain visiting his command and control center. What, what do you think was going on during those 10 days he was uh, mysteriously gone? A global conference. A global conference kind of like Yalta, where they're deciding what they're going to do, when they're going to do it, and how. It wasn't just the Russians getting together. It was the Chinese, the Russians, and several other parties like, say, the Vatican, like, say, a representative from the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers. The Rothschilds have been demoted. The Rockefellers are swimming. They're just wading, wading around. The Rockefellers are, I think, going to continue. The Rothschilds have been demoted and kicked off. There's only one or two Rothschilds left that have not signed on for the new agreements, and that is their elders. The Rockefellers are all on board, and notice that during the sanctions, 2014, Russia lost a billion dollars in business from their Russian energy projects, but they increased 450% their energy claims and investments in Russia to the point that they have more square miles of energy claims in Russia than they do in the United States. Russia will continue, Roth, I'm sorry, Rockefellers will continue, Rothschilds will be booted off stage. Rothschilds control the central banks. That central bank franchise system is going to be replaced, I think, with compromises in the conference, this this kind of a Yalta conference, significant member was the White Dragon Society. All right, Jim, there's our closing music. Uh, can you answer this question in 30 seconds? Will the ruling cabal in the West, will they dare to push the envelope to world war? 30 seconds. <clears throat> well, they've already tried and they've already failed. We've got pockets of war and they cannot be escalated. They're all kind of bounded wars to obstruct the Eurasian trade zone. Syria to obstruct Iran joining their pipelines with Europe. Ukraine to obstruct Russia marrying Europe. Not going to work. The bypasses are in progress. All right. That was one hour of Jim Willie, and he is the editor and publisher of the Hat Trick Letter. It's one of the best newsletters you can subscribe to if you want to know what's going on around the world and you can subscribe to it at goldenjackass.com if you live in las vegas or nevada make sure you come out to the westgate hotel next tuesday at 7 p.m i'll meet you there lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.